Royal Dudes. In dark times like these, we can only turn to the questions that have existed time innumeral, such as, where was the Paw Patrol during the Iran hostage crisis? As far as we know, the Paw Patrol has the capabilities of international travel and possible covert operation capabilities. However, the Paw Patrol failed to assist in any way during the Iran hostage crisis of 1979, which is unacceptable seeing as the U.S. diplomats were hostages from November 4th, 1979 to January 20th, 1981. Could it be that the Paw Patrol is run by Islamic extremists that utilize Paw Patrol to increase positive images of the extremist while also taking money from the U.N.? Or is it or is it that the Paw Patrol is U.S.-run and was told by the CIA to not intervene with the hostage crisis? If it is the former, why so? Could the ho- Iran hostage crisis be a hoax used to crack down on Iran for bringing down the monarchy that was ruling Iran, made possible by a coup from the U.S. and U.K.? And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. My name's John, and I will say I was a little bit suspicious when the Paw Patrol killed Soleimani. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to take down Paw Patrol once and for all and unveil to in the light of God in the world and Thor and Odin and all the other deities and Ra the evils and the atrocities that Paw Patrol have perpetrated on the world. Please, Henry. Papatrated. Papatrated. <laughs> oh, no, that's too good. That's too good, John. Um, now, so this question I, comes I think to the us. Patrol has, I think they're CIA. You think they're CIA? I mean, yeah. the, name, a, name a branch of government that the CIA doesn't have its claws in or paws on. Paws it on. I, you know, all this time, John, we thought CIA stood for Central Intelligence Agency. And I think that, I think it's a false flag operation of our brains just sort of filling in the gaps by themselves because we all now know it stands for Canine Investigation Agency. Paw Patrol is the CIA. It's been right in front of us this entire time. And we know for a fact that all of their technology was created by DARPA, you know, the Defense Advanced Research Paw Agency. Yeah. Exactly. The DARPA chiefs are dogs. <laughs> uh, that, but that question comes from Reddit from Surf eight three six three six. That's really hard to say. Why, why do people do this to themselves? Why does no one have a normal username like Hot Cali Girl? Yeah, Hot Cali. Oh, the bottles oh, clinked when I took them shit. out. Shit! I gave oh, away fuck. my email address. Oh, but you didn't say the domain name. But it we all know it's Hotmail. It, it doesn't have one. What? You're not Hot Cali Girl at Hotmail.hot? No, I I had an email address before before TLDs existed. Too long didn't read? 
No, a top level domain. Now, if oh. you send, uh, if you type in hot Cali girl, immediately it sends an email to me. It doesn't matter where you type it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It doesn't matter where you type it. An email is just generated. What is the content of that email? Oh, um, ASL. <laughs> and you, of course, respond. Hot Cali girl. <laughs> yeah. Hot wait, Cali girl. <laughs> Ages hot. <laughs> Sex is Location is girl. Wow. That, I don't know if we have enough time to unpack that. <laughs> uh, we don't. Okay. And answered. Speaking of bottles clicking around, I have a drink. Oh, what a coincidence, my good friend John. I also, too, have a drink as well. I'm going to open mine. Oh, you're going to open yours? Well, I, too, will also drink mine ah, from the bottle. Ah, okay. I also will open mine as two. Oh, it sounds like someone's got a bottle over there. Oh, you know it, brother. I didn't realize I, would po- I was podcasting with some kind of glass millionaire. Mm. Let me tell you. If they ever start serving pecan porter in cans, I will buy them. But until then, I'm going to enjoy my 512 Pecan Porter, of which I buy two boxes every week now, from a cold glass bottle. So I had a little... So I'm drinking not to... uh, Not... What's the word I'm looking for? Not to overlook the beer that I'm drinking. I'm drinking an Odell Brewing Company out of Fort Collins, Colorado, a drumroll hazy... IPA. Oh, you're into those hazy IPAs? I'm a I love hazy juicy IPAs. Uh this one's pretty good. Hmm. Fort Collins. I did not you say. know I did not know that Odell was from Colorado. For some reason I always thought it was local. Why well, I, I guess because of Michael Dell? Yeah, founder of the computer. <laughs> Founded a computer in the in the deserts of Texas and decided yes. to set up shop. Oh, yes. Did I say founder of the computer? I mean, I meant finder of the first computer. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, that's what founder means, right? The person who founded it? Yeah, yeah. The the one who has found. John, I have a question about the the boxing, the packaging of 512 Pecan Porter. Um, Because at the top of the box, for some reason, it mentions that the beer is vegan. Okay, that's good. Uh, and my question, I guess, to you is, aren't all beers vegan unless they're like a specifically a milk stout? Uh, so you can have a lot of ingredients in beers that aren't vegan. So, uh, yes, milk stouts, there are uh, a few others, but there's a specific ingredient. Let me look it up real quick. So there's a clarifying agent used in some beers. Guinness pretty famously uses this. Uh, It's Isinglass. And Isinglass is typically found in the swim bladders of fish. It's a special form of collagen that's really good at clarifying liquids. That's very interesting. So they would farm these fish for this very special clarifying agent then, I'm guessing. Yeah, and there's other like fish derived ingredients you can have in in beer. Some colorants of certain kinds of beers are insect derived. 
So there's right. a there's a good reason to say a beer is vegan or not. Okay. Well, just for your edification and for all of our fans, uh, five one two pecan porter is vegan according to this box. So if you're a local and you're vegan, ch 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 check it out. Uh, but don't buy too much because if they if they ever stop making it, know that I'm buying all available supplies for myself. Uh, it is worth noting there is another um, another non-vegan ingredient. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of beers do this. Your Stella Artois, a lot of your um, your Anheuser Busch beers do this. Uh, they're forced through an ape. Um. Wait, do you mean like they strain it through a? a, a correct. They, they strain it through a primate. Yes, correct. There is a straining ape. <laughs> is this real? Yeah, no, there's only one. Oh, and it's been no. alive forever. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's very sad. But I he feel seems like happy. He seems happy. I feel like scientists would want to study the ape to find out why he's so long lived, but I think the answer's right in front of us. You just need to drink a lot of Amheiser Bush. Yeah, he's pickled at this point. And honestly, scientists can't oh. examine him because it's proprietary. Yeah, it's proprietary. No, no no way would it benefit humans whatsoever. No, and I cannot stress this enough. He is alive. <laughs> alive, but pickled. It is a he. He is pickled. He is alive. He knows what pain is, and he prays to God. Well, um... So the next time you have an Anheuser-Busch beer... <laughs> Think of the straining ape. That's that's terrifying. But you bring up a factoid that I've been reminded of thanks to my my current playthrough of Persona 5 Royal. Uh, did you know that there are certain coffee beans that uh, they are literally passed through cats? And it's a, then, si- a civet, I think? Yeah, yeah, they... <laughs> They take these coffee beans, they feed them to cats, the cats then nat- do their thing and naturally pass them, and then they grind up the beans and, and put them into coffee. You know, I don't know what the the benefit is there, but I'm sure there's one, maybe. Uh, flavor? Is that... Oh, the... Yes, the... Here's... It turns out the someone... inside of a cat is delicious. Yes. <laughs> this tastes like it was, um, part of a cat... <laughs> this tastes like the uh huh the, the, yes the uh, the deepest part of the colon of a cat <laughs> and this, i know this that has, this has deep cat characteristics um uh, and and that what's funny is like so you've got that on i guess one side of the spectrum and then on the other side of the spectrum this is going to be a really weird spectrum Instead of, you know, normally I guess the spectrum would range from, like, doing nothing to your food and just making food out of it to doing weird shit. But this is a spectrum of weird shit you can do to food. Um, certain luxury brands like champagne and winemakers will, and I'm not making this up, they will run their wine over the body of a, of a, like, of a supermodel and then collect it again and sell it. You know, what's interesting in my ethical standpoint is uh, the civet coffee, no go. It's possible that an animal could be exploited. Supermodel champagne, totally ethical. Oh, yeah. Does that, I know there's no actual, so this isn't a real question because there's no actually harm done maybe to the supermodel. But is supermodel wine vegan? 
Uh, I would say that supermodel wine is vegan. Okay. I have no interest in ever trying any of it because uh, so is it the is it the bottle is run over the body or is it is the champagne itself streamed across them? I oh get... no, is the supermodel in this case the straining ape? <laughs> but it's not strained through her; it's strained over her. It so runs this has runs to down her be, skin. This has to not be a lot of champagne, right? <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I think it's a very, very luxury brand. So, like, because to get one bottle of champagne <laughs> poured over like a person, <laughs> you can't. It's not. It's not huge batches. <laughs> Wait, sorry. I, I've got the mental picture of my head of a supermodel standing over like you know a grate, and there's just yeah, wine. just in a factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like vats of of champagne poured over her. Just blasting her in the top of the head like a fire hose. <laughs> and she's like, can we take a break? It's like, sorry, we got we got so many cases of this stuff to move. <laughs> the supermodel's just standing there, then all of a sudden there's a klaxon, and it's just a, a torrential <laughs> downpour of champagne. It's a very luxurious wine you got here. I will that, say I will say that uh, initially when I imagined this, you said it would be run over the body of a supermodel. And for oh, some no. reason, I imagine the champagne was already bottled, and they just like lightly rubbed the bottle on the supermodel and then put it in the thing. <laughs> just the bottle. This bottle has touched the body of a supermodel. <laughs> it, Save it, the it, bottle, not the champagne. If you put your oh no, if you put your lips to this bottle, it's like kissing her her stomach. Oh no! I wonder, is it full body? They run the champagne over. Oh, is, is the wine full-bodied? Yes, is the wine uh, full-bodied? How are the legs? All right, so I, I found it. Um, it's a German company called G Spirits. They sell Disgusting. liquor. Yeah. They sell liquor that has been poured over the naked breast of a certified model. <laughs> oh, certified. I wonder what the certifications are. Like, does she have to go to, like, a night school and pick up a couple of classes? Like... Do you get, like, a certificate of authenticity with every bottle? That is absolutely what you get, and that is the sentence I just read. Each bottle of its whiskey, vodka, or rum comes with a certificate of authenticity, claiming that the liquor has indeed touched a model's exposed <laughs> chest, along with the original signature of the model and bottle number. You know, there's a certain kind of person, and I don't want to be judgy, but I'm going to call them the gross rich. <laughs> Who just do gross things with their products? Yeah, well, they're like, they're rich people who would buy something like that. But they're people mm. who have money, but no worth to society. Right. They're the people I, who get a lot of money and then get like a diamond-crusted sidewinder road trike. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, most of the people with a lot of money don't contribute much value to, to the world or society at large. Did I ever tell you the uh, the plan I had for society? Oh, you have a plan for society? Is this going to be like an evil monologue? No, no. I just had this idea that society would be a lot better. And let me tell you, first of all, before you jump off the handle, yes, it would be painless. But I think <laughs> it would be really cool if everyone who didn't own like a limo company but bought a Hummer limo or... Uh, 
like a Jeep limo or any an, an Escalade limo, anyone who buys one of those limos, but they don't own a limo company, they're a private individual, they just, they just bought it because why not? Uh, we just have a simple registry, and then the night after they buy the limo, quietly a drone will fly in through their window and inject them with poison. Oh wow, that that is not painless at all. It would be a it would be a painless poison, like a movie poison. A movie poison. Mm-hmm. So, but wouldn't society be so much better? It could be. Well, there's probably oh. better people to send the poison drone after. I gotta rework this plan. <laughs> yeah, I think you should go back to the drawing board and maybe, I don't know, come up with a way to pour the poison over the the, the, the yes. exposed chest of, of, of a, a certified model. That is the only kind of poison that will kill them, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And it's good because uh, I guess at that point it's more, well, the poison has to be ingested. So there's no harm to the model. Like, so it's just kind of run. It stays vegan. It stays yeah, vegan. Yeah, it stays vegan. <laughs> is poison vegan? <laughs> it kills the people <laughs> who ingest it. Mm. Yeah, but are guns vegan? They better be because I own 120 of them. Oh, wow. And you ingest them on the daily. I do. I eat bullets. For breakfast. And gunpowder for lunch. All right. Well, that's. I think that's enough weird tangents for the beginning of this episode. Uh, what, we've got no. some. We've got some late breaking news, John. And by late breaking, I mean it broke last week, and we're going to talk about it now. That's late. Uh, so whoever's editing this episode, if you could put in like a late breaking news, like news thing, you know, like a do 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 thing. Okay, that sounds like a plan for whoever's editing this. Yeah, whoever we hire. John, are you familiar with a little a little known director? He's you know he's like an indie darling. He's directed a few just cult hits. Uh, his name is Zachary Schneider. Um, let me see. I think I might have seen some mumblecore movie of his uh, called Ju- Justice League: Dawn of Justice. That can't be right. Right, yeah, and he's also, you know, he did the Sundance tour with a little film about a collection of, like, uh, undergrad students who had to fight off, the you know, the, the administration called 300. Uh, yes. Uh, he also did um, this really uh, insightful kind of think piece about fetishization of World War II called Sucker Punch. Oh, right, and that one... Oh, wait, where was that... Robert Rodriguez. None of that. That was. Oh no! Wait, I was gonna say for without a doubt that was Zack Schneider, but now I have that's to look what, it up. That's what my brain did. Sucker Punch is a 2011 film, uh, directed by Zack Schneider. We got him. Nailed it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Uh, so he, that Mr. Schneider, he's been his name has been uh, uttered around the internet for the past. I don't know. It seems like forever, uh, especially in the context of a hashtag release the, the Snyder cut. Oh, yes, where people want him to release his cut of the Justice League movie, which I believe people think will redeem the film. Yeah, so when the D- Justice League movie came out, just to give a little bit of context, uh, it was bad. It was a bad movie. It was poorly paced. 
it was uneven, it was everywhere, and it just it wasn't a good film. And right after it came out, or a little while after it came out, these these news stories, these insider scoops kept coming out about how the the executives, these evil WB executives, they they got their dirty hands on on all the films and they fired Zack Schneider and they hired Joss Whedon and to, to, to save the film and they, they tried to make it funny like the Marvel films. And so that's why it's bad. Not anything to do with anything about the merit, the, 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 you know, the film on its own merits. Correct. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I had to take a sip. Um, John, would you believe if I told you that last week, the man himself, Zachary Schneider, took to Twitter and announced that the Schneider Cut, Schneider Cut, is going to be released? Great. Uh, yes. That's not quite the reaction I thought I would get <laughs> from you. It sounded... Very unenthusiastic. I thought we were on the same page. The Snyder Cut is going to redeem cinema, uh, obviously. I mean, yeah, clearly. This is a given at this point because Zack Snyder, his body of work so far has shown that he can do no wrong, first of all. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I trust so, that he's, not, he's no coward like David Ayer, who after Suicide Squad came out, they said, release the director's cut. It'll make it. I guess there's a kind of a theme here. We're, we're uh, going to get to that later, a little later, John. I, I want to cover Schneider before we move on to Ayer. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, so, so yeah, Mr. Schneider, who famously uh, might have misunderstood the purpose of Watchmen and his adaptation of it, uh, is going to get a chance to show us his original his original thoughts and, and his original cut of uh, Justice League Dawn of Justice. That's not what it's called. I think it's just called Justice League. I think it was Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. You're absolutely correct. How could I be such a fool? But Mr. Schneider is going to get his chance to show us his Justice League on a streaming service known as HBO Max. Oh, interesting. I don't even know what that is. No one does. That, that's the crazy thing. Because for some reason, AT&T, who, who owns Time Warner and also owns HBO, is it, they're releasing a streaming service that's going to have all of their content and a bunch of original content on it. And instead of calling it like Warner Plus or, or like, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. They decided to latch onto the HBO branding and call it Max. So now everyone thinks it's just an extension of HBO, but it's actually their entire library of content. Uh, that's very gross. Yeah. It launches tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, I don't think a lot of people know this. And there's a lot of articles out there that's like, what is HBO Max? <laughs> and it just shows that they're not marketing this correct correctly. But it got a lot of buzz, the streaming service, and people took notice because Zack Schneider announced after rumors and rumors, just weeks and weeks of rumors, that the Schneider Cut is being released. And it might just be not one movie, John, but a six-part miniseries. Oh, no. Take me now, Jesus. It gets even weirder, John. <laughs> Allegedly. 
allegedly, this is more speculation and industry rumors, allegedly Mr. Schneider got $20 million to recut his film into six parts. Uh-huh. And so, he's also... He's, okay, but you, you go. He... They paid him 20... I don't know if they paid him. I think they set a budget of $20 oh, wow. million. Yeah, they set a budget of $20 million for him to recut his film. I, I don't think that's what he was paid. I think, like, he's, see, he's taking on this initiative to see this as, like, a new film project. It's not just, like, we had the cut and we're going to release it. He's going to create the cut. Well, let me tell you, people say the real story gets told in the editing bay, and I've never felt closer to the possibility of living in the mind of a renaissance painter, uh, a legend. It's like peering inside the mind of Leonardo. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, It gets weirder, John. Oh, no. (laughs) Along with the $20 million budget, there was also... A word of some reshoots. They're going to reshoot some scenes or, or film additional scenes to add on additional content to the movie, which is like great because if you're going to stretch out your two and a half hour, three hour movie to six miniseries episodes or whatever, you're going to need some additional content to like fill in the gaps. But he then clarified the main cast isn't necessary for these reshoots. I'm sorry. Is he... Two options. Uh, There is going to be stand-ins for characters and everything will be shot from the back. Uh, Or he is going to do um, a a Watchmen-esque pirate side story that is meant to give context to these six episodes. Yeah, they're going to cast... You know, some some uh, lesser known actors to just be like, you, you know, in the same style as like a disaster movie where you, you have to latch on to one character to make the, the action and the stakes real. He's going to we're going to follow the story of a small family who is, just happens to be everywhere where the action is during Justice League, even though the, the movie spans the entire world. They somehow find themselves just conveniently at the grave of Superman when he's resurrected or, you know, wherever Steppenwolf is or whatever the fuck the plot of Justice League was. Uh, this, so, this one family is just going to be everywhere. We say this perhaps as a joke, but if there was a Jode, a Jodes-like family, like Grapes of Wrath, where they are just somewhat adjacent to these world events... And it uh, it gives them nothing but but heartache and devastation. And at the end, they seek redemption uh, in the midst of Justice League happening. Truly, that would be genius. And, and you know, it might be necessary. And if you're if you're exploding out your feature film into a miniseries to have, I don't know, a B story. Yeah, it it might help. Oh, I can't help but imagine that each one of these is an hour long. He's turning I can into only a six. He's turning into can, a six-hour thing. I can only hope they're an hour long each, John. Otherwise, I will feel like, why did we even bother? Like, if this isn't a six-hour miniseries based on a two and a half-hour movie, what was even the point? 
what if they gave him $20 million to recut this, but he scheduled reshoots, and instead we get a six-part miniseries remake of Justice League on a $20 million budget? (laughs) It's filmed entirely on a GoPro with Zack Schneider's uh, close friends in this time of coronavirus. And so they're just in his backyard yelling, I am Superman! A six-part, six-hour-long retelling of Justice League with half the budget of Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) We open up the opening shot, the establishing shot of this miniseries. It's Zack Schneider sitting in a chair, and he's holding what looks to be like a, a, a screenplay. And he holds it up to the camera, and it says, Justice League, Zack Schneider cut. And he flips open the first page... And he begins to read all of the stage directions and all of the dialogue, doing voices for each of the characters. Uh, But it's that for six episodes. Uh, That would be great. I would love that. And when when he's interviewed and people ask him, well, where did the money go? He pulls up his phone and he pulls up his bank account and just shows them in his bank account just $20 million, like with no interest or anything, nothing deducted. And he just shows them. He just points at it. That would be, you know, uh, he was, he's a genius already, but that's, that's some inside the actor's studio shit. Yeah. I think that's what they would call a real Hollywood lifestyle move. A THLM. Yeah. That Hollywood life. That Hollywood life, man. I am fascinated by this, and I cannot wait to watch it, assuming that HBO Max is included in my HBO Go subscription that I don't pay for, and if it is not, I shall never watch it. (laughs) The hilarious thing, John, you bring that up. We also have an HBO Go account that we uh, share with a friend, and uh, the thing is nobody knows... (laughs) They have made no announcement. (laughs) Literally, we we are at the night before it launches and nobody knows if HBO Go and HBO Max are going to be compatible or like if you get upgraded. And AT&T has said nothing about it. This is incredible. It's insane. It's like if Netflix launched. It's like if when Netflix launched and they announced like they're they're moving away from the mail DVDs and they're going to do streaming. No, that's exactly what happened. People didn't know if they got it or not. And then it turned out to be two accounts. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like it's not telegraphed at all. No one like I, I've seen articles that say it's possible that people with HBO Go will get Max. It's also possible that people who get HBO through their cable provider might get it for free. We don't know. The only people who for sure get access to it right away are the people who buy HBO through AT&T's, like, internet and television services. So I actually have some good news. Some news about this broke pretty recently about who gets HBO Max and who doesn't. Oh, please tell me. Please, please. I'm dying to know. Uh, So launching May 27th, 2020, HBO Max will be available through our partners and on HBOMax.com. I mean, come on. Uh, For HBO Now subscribers, which is the HBO you get if you're not a cable subscriber... HBO Now subscribers who are billed directly through HBO, I guess that means all of them. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure. 
Strange. Uh, we'll also get instant access to HBO Max from Warner Media when it launches on May 27, 2020, at no extra cost. Now that's pretty cool, but that's HBO now. Yes. HBO what about HBO? Subscribers. Oh, weird. If you if you're billed through Apple, Google Play, Samsung, Verizon, FiOS, Internet, Optimum, Consolidated Communications, and Liberty Cable Vision of Puerto Rico, we'll also get instant access to HBO Max at launch at no extra cost. HBO Now subscribers who start a subscription at HBOnow.com using an HBO gift card will get instant access to HBO Max. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> What are they trying to say? I don't understand. Why are there so many different ways you can get HBO now? I, why? Um, I don't. But for H, current HBO subscribers, so if you use HBO Go, subscribers okay. who get HBO through AT&T TV, DirecTV, AT&T UVerse, Hulu Spectrum, Alti, Suddenlink, Optimum, Cox Contour, which is just an incredible name uh, <laughs> for a service, Verizon Fios TV, and select independent cable but not broadband providers will get access to HBO Max at launch at no extra cost. Check back with us here as we add additional partners to the <laughs> list. A pretty unprofessional thing to say the day before your service launches. Yeah, no, it's like it's a complete clusterfuck. The company itself is kind of like, we're going to flip the switch and see who gets it. <laughs> um, cable but not broadband? I don't know what that means. Uh, starting May 27th, HBO Max will be available for $14.99 per month, only on HBOMax.com. Uh, <laughs> prices vary based on subscription provider? <laughs> Wait, but if you're going to the website, isn't the subscription provider them? I have no idea. Uh, this is all from HBOMax.com. However, this is important. What can I stream? Through HBO Max, you can stream HBO plus so much more, they say. Uh, stream all of HBO every season, every episode. You know, every episode of HBO. <laughs> I love uh, the HBO series. Along with Max Originals and even more of your favorite series from Warner Media's characters and related brands. <laughs> Who wrote this copy? And it is the worst. Um, I love I love the Warner characters. So, so we, I I have to read this copy to you the way that it is written. The two headlines for what can I stream? There are two sections. The first one headed HBO Max. Obviously, this is. Here's what I can stream if I'm an HBO Max subscriber. The second one, given the same precedence as saying HBO Max, says altogether, HBO Now and HBO Go stream HBO. <laughs> HBO Now, HBO Go stream HBO. Stream all of your favorite HBO content every season, every episode. Is this like content they have to put in the copy? Uh, plus hit <laughs> movies and more and specials. Why does it feel like a Markov chain wrote this copy for HBO? Uh, what will HBO Max conclude, include? Number one, all of HBO. Number two, select favorites from Warner Media's beloved brands, characters, and libraries. <laughs> Stop saying brands! <laughs> Warner is the brand. You can't have brands within a brand. This is uh, incredible. 
I do know for a fact that uh, all you unapologetic people of the 90s who've just claimed the 90s are better, get ready to clap your hands and squeal like a 90s person because the entirety of Friends will be available on HBO Max. Great. Um, They paid millions of dollars for that. So not interested. With 10,000 hours of exceptional content available, there's something for everyone. HBO favorites like Game of Thrones and Sex and the City, together with other classic TV favorites like The Big Bang Theory. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what it says. Oh, no. So obviously whoever wrote the copy isn't aware of the cultural... uh, bankruptcy of game of thrones like no one talks about it anymore uh yes it has been stricken from the record uh also most importantly there's a section what will happen to my hbo uh there are no plans currently to change your hbo subscription i don't Uh, understand hbo remains standalone brand uh feature award feature award-winning series and movies every season every episode (laughs) Jesus Christ, who wrote this? I hate, I hate this. What devices will HBO Max be available on? HBO Max will be available on many popular devices. Phones, tablets, Macs and PCs, streaming media players, smart TVs, and game consoles. Check back here for more. I think they pretty much covered all of them. Oh, wait wait until the next smartwatch gets in, uh, unleashed. Anyway, that's all the copy that's funny. They really leaned pretty hard on beloved characters and brands. I love the every episode, every series, every episode mentioned a billion times. It seems like there might be some contractual requirement that if you say HBO series, you have to put parentheses and say every season, every episode. It, oh, I don't want to get into it, but that's exactly how uh, my boss writes, where he just has these phrases... That every time he uses it, you got to include like the next bit in the same exact way every time. And it, I, I guess in his head, that's just how he thinks of that term. And it's just like, but you don't have to do that. You can, you can. People understand that when you say this, you mean that, like, because you've done it twenty times already. I think when it comes to people of a of a sufficient level of power and organization, when it comes to having control over creative things. Um, most people who have achieved a certain level of power in organization, I think that they can have maybe one or two ideas and just treat those as their babies and just always insist upon them, even though no one cares. Right, right. And they also, you know, they have to put their stamp, you know, their own personal characteristics in other people's work to say like, yeah, I I did that. I did that. That's my work, even though it's like the work of, of an intern. Hey, you remember how it said every season, every episode? That was me. That, that was, was I made. That was Jack HBO Max. <laughs> his name. His name is Jack HBO Max. Yes, <laughs> that that would explain why it's called that. But yeah, uh, his name is not HBO Max. It is Jack. <laughs> last Jack name, H- HBO Max. Yeah, Jack's HBO Max. <laughs> Please. Mr. HBO Max was my father. I'm Jack. HBO Max. HBO Max. I do insist you still call me <laughs> by my full name. I just, I had, I didn't have a problem with the HBO Max. I had a problem with the Mr. I go by Jack HBO Max. Yes. 
It's on all of my business cards to specifically only refer to me by my first and last name, which, to be clear, is Jackie Truex. It's written out as Jack, in quotes, HBO Max, in quote, HBO Max. (laughs) Jack, HBO Max, HBO Max. It's Jack, Jack, HBO Max, HBO Max. Yep. So good. All right. Well, Mr. Jack HBO Max, I hope your service launches smoothly tomorrow. And I hope I hope I'm one of the people included in that article that gets it for free at no extra charge. Because I have no idea if I am or I'm not. Yeah, I really hope that I am. But let me tell you, it was not clear. No, 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 no. Uh, but I, I, I would really, I really, oh, let me dial it back a little bit. I would really be interested in watching uh, Zack Schneider's cut of Justice League. I say, why keep it to one season? Hold on. HBO Max costs $14.99 a month. Right. If you've already got an HBO subscription, you also seemingly, for most people, get HBO Max. Why would they not just put their stuff on HBO Go and HBO Now? Oh, because it's a new service. But it's the same price and has the same offerings, except it also has Warner Media's beloved characters and brands. Well, yeah, but it's because it's it's a new service, so you you couldn't just you couldn't put the new service stuff on the old service. Yeah, but why have a new service at all? You know, I actually do know the answer to this question. It's just a it's more boring than uh. I don't know. Uh, HBO has a lot of contracts with a lot of cable companies and a lot of uh, cable distributors. And so they can't break those contracts. So like they still have to offer HBO via cable and that comes with HBO now or something like that. But so AT&T is trying to kind of like move forward and break those connections. And so they had to contractually make a separate streaming service Call, and they're calling it HBO Max, that's not attached to any of the cable companies or cable providers or anything like that so that they can finally reap in all of the money. But for some reason, to get people to use it, they're also extending it to people who already have HBO for free. This sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I just to tell you, I, I can't wait until I get my subscription to Cinemax HBO. Oh, you're one of those people. Yeah, not HBO Max, but Cinemax HBO. It's unrelated to HBO, by the way. (laughs) Cinemax HBO that does not feature any of the brands or characters. Beloved or otherwise. Beloved or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So Jack HBO Max's brother, Jack HBO Cinemax. Yes, HBO Cinemax HBO. (laughs) Same father, same mother, by the way. They are fraternal. But they have different last names. You know, the qualifier of saying that their characters and brands are beloved is so unnecessary because no no company on earth is going to make copy that says HBO Max featuring beloved featuring Warner Media's beloved characters and brands and regrettably are 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 less beloved infamous characters and brands. Yeah. HBO Max featuring the hated characters and brands <laughs> that you love to hate and you hate to love. The most reviled characters and brands. 
it, take a second and think of the shows on HBO and and pick out one of them, at least one of them that you could truly say is beloved. What shows on shows on HBO or characters on HBO? I I, I mean characters from shows on HBO, but it's like you know HBO's got like Deadwood and Game yeah. of Thrones and. I'll be honest, I can only think of one, and that's Larry David. Okay. Okay. That's it. Larry David, who is beloved for being like a crotchety old man who complains about everything and is constantly screwing things up. Yeah. I, beloved. I, I wouldn't call the characters of HBO beloved. Like, they're, they're all horrible or despicable or they're all murderers like even tony soprano who claims to be this family guy this family man is like he's a mobster like there's not one series i i think on hbo where i can point to and say like yeah that guy's beloved <laughs> i mean to be fair there's not a lot of people in life you could point and be like hey you see that guy over there he's beloved <laughs> well no, I, I mean ben schwartz yeah, he's pretty beloved. He's beloved by millions. He's Sonic the Hedgehog. That's a word that you never hear like casually ascribed to people. They're like, hey, my friend Jerry, he's beloved. <laughs> uh, I'd like you to meet some of my brands and characters, my friends. Uh, this is beloved Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an awkward word if you're not talking about like, a, a classic kids cartoon. It's like calling anything other than a tone dulcet. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The beloved characters of all of the cowboys from Deadwood, all of the mobsters from the Sopranos, whatever the hell Euphoria is about. Euphoria is about teens and making me uncomfortable so I don't watch it. Yeah. Good. Good on Zendaya, though. Zendaya, okay. I always say Zendaya. Yeah, Zendaya is Michi. Uh, Michi? Michi? Zendaya is Michi? Zendaya has a last name? No, Zendaya is Michi. Michi is Zendaya. What is Michi? Is that from Euphoria? I'll send you a link later. Oh, I don't know what's happening. I'll Clear send you a Richard link later. I don't know who Richard Link is. This is just reference after reference that I'm not getting. Richard Linklater is an Austin native. He made uh, Dazed and Confused, and everybody wants some. Oh, Dazed and Confused? That's Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about high school girls. <laughs> yep. Uh, that is not what, that is what I don't like about Euphoria, is that they are in high school. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, so you don't like anything about high school? Um, oh, no, they're overly sexualized or something? Yeah. They're, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Well, you know, you know all these Gen Zers. Yeah, I do. I know a lot of them. They're my best friends. <laughs> John, <laughs> I feel like that puts you on a watch list of some sort. No, nah, I'm friends with all the Zoomers. Let's go ride a hoverboard. I thought hoverboards was a millennial thing. Quiz me about anything about Generation Z, and I'll tell you what my Generation Z friends always tell me. Okay, how old are they? Okay, how old are they? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you exactly what my Generation Z friends tell me every time I text them. Fuck off, you old bitch. Alright, well, follow-up question. What do they like to do? 
Uh, hold on, let me let me text one of them real quick. Let me text my man Darren. Uh, stop texting me, you wretched crone. Oh, okay. Uh, it sounds like you're pretty tight with them. I just have one follow-up question. Uh-huh. What kind of drugs are they doing? Okay, let me... What kind... I'm going to put this one in the group chat. Uh, what kind of drugs are you doing? And they've set up a fake OnlyFans for me. And my username is OnlyFans.com uh, slash uh, Big Fucking Mummy. <laughs> well, sounds like you you need to get to work and start cultivating your, your followers to send you that sweet, sweet doche. I don't know how to manage three OnlyFans accounts. Why do you have three? Well, <laughs> I have my main OnlyFans. And that's where I post things where, you know, my family can like, you know. And and then I have my second OnlyFans. Because, you know, you can't get horny on Maine. So, you know, <laughs> I use that one for being the real me. And now I have to do this third one. <laughs> God forbid you get horny on your Maine OnlyFans account. Yeah, you, you can't you can't let them know the real you. I love the idea of a wholesome OnlyFans account that somebody sets up for the sole purpose of sharing with their friends and family. It's like, pay $5 to see me cuddle with a kitten. I wonder if you could set up an OnlyFans where you're like, you, you solicit your friends and family, and they just pay to get videos about how you're doing. <laughs> I know you can technically, like, OnlyFans themselves will come out and tell you, like, this site is not just for lewd content. You could just get in touch with your fans. Doesn't matter what you produce. And it's just like, yeah, okay, OnlyFans. Keep kidding okay. yourself. I got you. You read it for the articles. Exactly. Uh, oh, I do have one last question for the, uh, the, the Zoomers, if you don't mind. Oh, for sure. You want me to text them or just take it off the dome, as they say? I, I guess just take it off the dome or text them. Your call. Uh, I want to know, what do they think of David Ayers? Uh, let me just uh, let me just text them real quick. Uh, I'm not going to put this one in the group chat. I'm going to do it in the WhatsApp. Right? People use WhatsApp. Uh, what do you think of David... Ayer. You mean the director of Suicide Squad? I mean the famed hit director of the cult classic Suicide Squad. All right. Let's see. Uh, what do you think of David Ayer? Okay. They're sending back a meme. And it looks to be a like a woman in a sundress. And it says, uh, you aged fool, you will be the first to die. Sounds like they're pretty big fans. Yeah, they're my only fans. <laughs> oh, you mean of David Ayer? Yes, I meant of David Ayer. Uh, yes, I have no Gen Z only fans. I, I don't know how to respond to that, John. Gen Z people, 
can be of age, but even then I'm 30, so it'd be creepy. Let's leave that joke alone. Uh, in the corner by itself, much like the infamous alleged air cut. Beloved. Su- <laughs> beloved, the beloved infamous alleged cut of, of, of Suicide Squad that I didn't know even existed. Until last week, the Schneider Cut got officially confirmed. Suddenly, David Ayer came out of the woodwork and said, uh, y- y- you know, I also have a cut of my movie that oh, didn't get this... to air. Okay. So I'm legitimately angry about this one. Yeah, what's up? I'm legitimately angry about this one because I was going to mention David Ayer earlier. And the reason why I was going to mention David Ayer is after Suicide Squad came out, people said... Release the air cut. It's probably so much better. I can't believe they made you butcher this movie because that's the reason why it's bad. He went on record saying there is no director's cut of Suicide Squad. The movie that went to theaters is the movie he wanted to make. Oh, well, it turns out maybe that's not all true because... Apparently, a uh, a journalist by the name of Steve Weintraub for Collider uh, pitched an idea, or no, has straight up said, the version of Suicide Squad that we've all seen was not the movie Ayer wanted to release. With the popularity of the superhero genre, why not show his cut on HBO Max? And apparently Ayer co-signed onto this saying that it was a good idea. So uh, David Ayer is essentially angling uh, to get paid $20 million to recut his shitty, shitty movie. Yeah. Um, he, he, Ayer himself wrote, This is a good question. My cut would be easy to complete. It would be incredibly cathartic for me. It's exhausting getting your ass kicked for a film that got the Edward Scissorhands treatment. The film I made has never been seen. Oh my god. You know, I really didn't think, to break kayfabe for a moment, I really didn't think the entire thing with DC superhero movies could get much sadder than it already was. To also break kayfabe, I guess, uh, it's funny because the Marvel movies have all shared this shared universe, building stories together, culminating in these huge cinematic moments And for a long time, the DC movies really didn't have anything connecting them. And it's funny now that the things that are connecting the DC movies are alleged director's cuts that never got released. Yeah, so the the overarching mythos of the DC movies is uh, how shitty they are and how there might be versions of them that aren't shitty. And as much as I I do enjoy a good, you know, behind-the-scenes look at executives putting their hands where they don't belong and insisting that movies come out certain ways. I, it seems a little too implausible that this has happened this many times with the same studio and the same like intellectual property. Like it, it it doesn't ever work out for them. They're never the top earners at the box office unless it's like wonder woman where they, there was no story. There was no executives meddling, apparently. So it, it's either like maybe these directors made shitty movies and then they got to blame the executives for it. Or maybe the executives 
did meddle, but then they chose not to meddle with other films. It, either way, it's a little inconsistent. I mean, these are the most divisive, arguably pretty much the worst of these movies. And now in the 11th hour, people are able to go, well, it could have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my argument against that. Why is no one asking for the the Kathy Yan cut of Birds of Prey? They're not asking for it because the Birds of Prey we got was really good. And yeah, it absolutely was. And, you know... There was a little bit of executive meddling because suddenly it, the the name of the movie changed. <laughs> oh, it was such a good title too. Birds of Prey and the Incredible Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I think it's a great name for a movie. Yeah, it's it's a great name for a movie. I love a long two parter title. And then they they changed it to like Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. It's like well, but that's that's. Yes, Harley Quinn is our protagonist, but it's really about all of these characters, not just her. Yeah, you call the movie Avengers because it's got the Avengers in it. You call it Birds of Prey because it's got the, the Birds of Prey in it. Exactly. I, it, it's funny to me that, for me, the, the Schneider cut was like a joke. You know, it was like a meme that people kind of like latched onto because it was just something in the moment that was happening. And then that got some groundswell underneath it, and it became a real thing. Our our memes became reality. Uh, in my circles, which include like superhero Twitter, film Twitter, superhero movie Twitter, like these cross sections of different fans, I had never seen before hashtag the air cut. And so when the Zack Schneider news came out, and then like a day or two later, this air cut stuff came out. I'm like, oh someone's obviously latching on to the moment to promote their own dumb movie that sucked. I, and I that's, think that, that's all it seems to be to me. That, that's absolutely the case. We need to stop giving directors chances. I feel like if, if a bad movie was released, you can't anywhere from when, when did justice league come out? Uh, let's just call it 2017. Cause I have no idea. Yeah. 2017. So, Okay, so yeah, you have a four-year-old and a three-year-old movie. And at this point, you're like, wait, we'll give you a second chance to make it good. I'm like, make other movies. Yeah. Don't waste $20 million on this. <laughs> Why didn't you make it good the first time? Yeah, and, and even if there was a ton of executive meddling, that's just kind of what happens. You can't have a movie... Like Suicide Squad, which is just so purely insipid, and then say, oh, but it could have been good. Yeah. The only, I mean, with Justice League, they brought in a whole other director to retool the movie in a certain way. So you can see the obvious meddling that was done to the film, and maybe the original vision for the film got changed. But with Suicide Squad, I feel like what we heard about the film matched the film itself. And the film was bad. I'm not a fan of meeting each character and each character getting that splash screen with with their own individualized soundtrack that fits their character. And that's the first 40 minutes of your movie. Like, you got to move a little faster than that. 
I mean, you you do have moments in Suicide Squad. Like one of my favorite moments is, uh, I think it's the Joker is meeting with someone um, in like a club or a strip club, and there's a shot where the guy sits down, and then it cuts to a shot where the guy's in the process of sitting down. Uh, that is very funny to me. That's I don't know. I I see the point in a Justice League thing because the story there is much more complicated and interesting. But when it was one director the entire time, and that director even came out and said, hey, there is no other cut. This is the director's cut. This is the one I stand by. Then maybe take him at his word. Yeah, I mean, he made a bad movie. He made a bad movie. They went way too hard in the promotion of Jared Leto as the Joker. And the Joker's barely even in it. And I guess you could say, oh, he's going to put the Joker scenes back in that they obviously filmed or whatever. It's like, yeah, but the movie isn't about the Joker. It never was about the Joker. It's about Deadshot and the Suicide Squad and, for some reason, uh, the Enchantress. What we need to do is, yes, give David Ayer a second chance. Give him $20 million to recut his movie. A movie that people had so little faith in, they just went ahead and remade it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... It, I feel like it would totally weaken the brand, or, or oh, not to use that word, but weaken the opening of James Gunn's Suicide Squad if we're going to have this other version of Suicide Squad floating around like a dead fish in the backwaters of the zeitgeist <laughs> with people clamoring for the air cut. I, I, I thought... Leto's Joker was universally hated by now. Why would we want to see more of it? I just want to see more of a Captain Boomerang or whatever his name is. And you will. James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Good. I look forward to that. I like James Gunn. Yeah, I James Gunn. I can't say the same for David Ayer. I've never actually seen any other uh, films of Ayer's work. Apparently he did. he did that Bright movie that nobody liked. Yeah, he did that movie that handled uh, a race parable in a way that actually ended up being more racist than racism is. <laughs> well, that's horrible, horrifying. He apparently yes. did Training Day, which I think was, you know, people people like that one, though. People are fans of Training Day, but that's pretty much the only movie, because he did, like, End of Watch, Sucked, Fury, eh, um, Suicide Squad, Bad. Um... Why why is this here? What's that? Well, I was I, I was scrolling through a list of a- David Ayer movies and for some reason, John, 2001's The Fast and the Furious is listed, but that was directed by Rob Cohen. Uh why is why is David Ayer being attached to The Fast and the Curious. Maybe that's uh, an error on Google's part. Oh, he's got a he's got a page on the wiki. Uh oh. Uh oh. The Fast and Furious wiki's got a page. Oh, written by Gary Scott Thompson and David Ayer. He collaborated on the first the the screenplay for the fast and the furious oh my god 
This oh, is horrible. No. Oh, the franchise that we love so much has a bedrock of corruption and and lies and and bad Suicide Squad movie. Oh, no. Yeah, but also if if people have been following the news, Rob Cohen might actually be like a terrible abusive pervert. So there's a dark undercurrent to a lot of the Fast and the Furious. Well, I... Oh, wait. If... If Dave... Hold on. We already know the first Fast and Furious movie is very problematic. Like, we've we've established that. And uh, specifically, what always sticks in my mind is the one scene with the slur in it. And that's dialogue, John. And dialogue is written by the screenwriter. And the screenwriter Wait. is David Ayer. Oh, my God. Henry, I've never... I've given my position in life. I've never had the opportunity to do this before. But I just want to ask you... If you mean what I think you mean, are you saying we can cancel David Ayer? I think we can absolutely cancel David Ayer. Oh my god, I've wanted to cancel somebody for so long. (laughs) Why don't you just start one of those uh, random celebrity is over parties that happens on Twitter every day? Uh, Well, I'm going to say this. David Ayer is over. Yeah. Hashtag Ayer is over party for his derogatory reference in the first Fast and Furious movie that we now know was either written by him or the other guy who co-wrote that screenplay. Uh, Gary Scott Thompson, who also wrote uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. Now, if I say something about David Ayer that may or may not be true, is that libel or slander? I think slander is the one that's written down and libel's the one that's said. Okay, this is parody, but here's what happened. So Gary Scott Thompson was writing the script to The Fast and the Furious, and he was writing that scene, and he's like, I just, I can't figure out what to make this character say. There's got to be some epithet I can make him say. And then David Ayer came in the room and was like, how about you make him say the F word? Yeah. And he's like, thank you, and you get a writing credit. <laughs> this <laughs> was only... <laughs> your one co- contribution to the entire script. The only thing David Ayer contributed was a homophobic slur. That that would be funny. Once um, again, parody. So I actually got it wrong. Libel is the written one, and slander is the spoken one. However, to prove slander or libel, you actually have to have damaged the person's reputation. Oh, and I didn't do that because it's a parody. Yeah, it's a parody, and also we're not capable of producing any change in the world. Yeah, much like none of us can change the world. David Ayer can change the world. Yeah, yeah, he can by getting canceled. (laughs) Yes, Uh, we cannot lose sight. We are canceling David Ayer right now. How dare he try to relaunch Suicide Squad? It feels good. It feels good to cancel. Don't get too used to it, though, because like then you'll just start canceling everybody. And Ooh. then we'll have no one left. I'm starting to see why cancel culture is bad. I feel good. Oh, no, you're, you're going drunk with power. I've got a taste for the canceling. Remember when Joaquin Phoenix said that everyone deserves a chance and rehabilitation is possible for everyone and we can't just cut people out of our lives because of some transgression? Yeah, I remember that. I used to believe that, but now I'm cancel hungry. Oh no, who are you going to cancel next? 
Oh, I don't know. Who do I dislike the most? (laughs) That's the way it should be handled. Not by who's actually committing injustices, just who do we personally not like that much? Oh, who don't I like? I'll have to think about this. All right, well, I'll wait on bated breath. Um, I don't know. I don't wish for David Ayer's cut for of Suicide Squad to be made. I don't I don't I, all of this remaking stuff or recutting stuff in this weird WB DC canon. It's like it's too little too late. The damage has been done to the franchise. You're already sort of discontinuing whatever canon you were building. It doesn't matter anymore. We don't even know if Henry Cavill is still Superman. The whole franchise is just up in the air. There's and, and it's just like Sure, we might get a couple of better movies than the original, but the groundwork they were laying is gone. It doesn't matter. I will tell you that uh, when I saw uh, Birds of Prey, I actually felt hope. I felt like they were starting to get it. And I, I felt like a, a genuine like surge in my chest where I was like, no, they, they get it. They're going to stop trying to make the dark version of Marvel, which is a a convenient movie adaptation of comic books, and they're going to start making real movies that are comic book adaptations, like movies that feel like comic books, movies that feel like adventure. It's like they're getting yeah. it. But now I know that that is not true. Yeah, no, I, I have felt that exactly three times in this whole DC film venture thing. Uh, the first time was Wonder Woman. The second time was uh, Captain... Marvel, that's not what it's called anymore. Shazam. And uh, the third time... Oh, yeah, Shazam was good. Yeah, and the third time was Birds of Prey. Now, I don't know who directed Shazam, but I know, of course, the two Wonder Woman and Kathy Yan directors were were both women directors. And so maybe that's the key (laughs) of getting something that's not heavily drenched in dark overtones and actually feels like the medium that it's adapting. Like maybe women just get comics. I let them direct more comic movies. I don't know. I mean, that might be the case. I'd be totally down for whatever that secret sauce is because those three movies genuinely felt like I was watching comic books, which let me tell you, the Marvel movies are fine. They don't feel that way. They don't No, No, Yeah. They don't feel like comic books feel. They feel like, uh, convenient movie adaptations of comic books, and they they make comic books convenient where it f- suits the medium, and that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, like, no, there, there's those, there's those cinematic movies made me feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Marvel movies are like these cinematic universes that just have so much weight in them, just because they're all connected. Which comics have somewhat when they cross over and do their big crises and stuff, but for the most part, comics are are contained stories focusing on like a couple of characters and they tell real human stories, even through the guise of superhero powers and stuff. Like the focus is always on human characters or I say human, uh, humanoid care, realistic characters, be they human or alien or whatever. Uh, I mean, look at, uh, look at the best Batman stories. How many of them directly involve Superman? Almost none. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, being so like a tightly close knit economy of storytelling 
pays off dividends and you see that in like Wonder Woman or in Shazam or Birds of Prey where it's like you get the scope of the world and the scope of the problem and then you can move within that scope however you want. Like Shazam is like you're in one city, you're dealing with these two kids and like there's a big badge, you know, comic book bad guy or whatever in the background. But like for the most part, you're just dealing with these, these foster kids dealing with the fact that, you know, nobody wants them or whatever. They're finding their way in the world. And then one of them just happens to get superpowers. Man, I wish you didn't bring up Shazam because you actually kind of bummed me out. Because now I realize that Shazam's never going to be part of DC's thing. Well, I don't know if DC knows what they're doing anymore. Like, I feel like they're just, they're throwing whatever they can at the wall and seeing what, you know, if the spaghetti is done or whatever, see if it sticks. Because, like, if you're going to feature Superman in a cameo appearance, but you're not willing to put Henry Cavill in there, you're not committed to a Superman actor. So is Superman going to drop out of whatever you're doing? Or are we going to get another Aquaman movie? Or is, is The Flash going to get his movie? Like, Every th- all of their plans are up in the air, especially now in the guise of coronavirus. When they're like, you know what we can do? We're gonna we're gonna give twenty million dollars to Zack Schneider, and he's gonna make old content new again for some reason. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, just a quick update on Shazam, though. The director is a dude, David F. Sandberg. Yeah, I looked. I looked him up. Uh, he's a uh, dude. So there goes that theory. But he's two still things did- about him, though. There oh. is going to be a Shazam too. Is it called more Shazam? Uh, so far, it's called just Shazam two. It comes out in two years. And the only other things he's directed are Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. Wait, the movie about the doll that comes yeah, to life? And Lights Out was also a horror movie. Huh. And what's funny is uh, Jack Dylan Grazer was in Shazam, and he was also in It Chapter 1, if you want to call it that. Wow. So maybe maybe it's horror. <laughs> I don't know if, if uh, Kathy Yan or... What? Patty. What is her name? Patty Jenkins? Yeah. Yeah, my memory was fritzing on me. I don't know if Patty Jen- Jenkins or Kathy Yan ever directed horror movies. Look, I'm just saying there's two things that make good comic book movies, and that's women and people who have done horror. So if you can get some kind of cadre of horrible women to start directing comic book movies, they'd probably be very good. (laughs) Yeah. Or or maybe just get fans of comic book movies, but not like, you know, fans, casual fans, not super dedicated fans who are like, Batman would never kill or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what an example of a diehard fan. Just get people who enjoy the medium and don't overanalyze it. Here's my pitch. Comic book movie directors, only fans. (laughs) Oh, no. I keep falling into this trap of you being able to say only fans. It's never going to stop. Oh, please make it stop. Uh, But yeah, that sucks. He shouldn't do it. David Ayer? Yeah. Also, Zack Snyder shouldn't do it either. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The joke became reality, John. We gotta reward that. Yeah, 
That's fair, I guess. But, you know, if I can't get the butthole cut, I might as well take the Snyder <laughs> cut. Exactly. And we, we know that the the aforementioned butthole cut allegedly does not exist. But we were also told for the longest time the Schneider cut did not exist. So and we maybe... were told that the Ayer cut was the one we got in theaters. So you know what? Seven years from now, I guarantee you they're going to come out of the woodwork and be like, we can redeem cats. Who directed cats? Let's see. Let's see if we can get... It's like Thomas Hooper, I think. His name is he Tom... His name is Tom Hooper. He also did what? King's Speech. Another real trash-ass movie. What? I like the King's Speech. You didn't like the King's Speech? The King's Speech is filmed like a horror movie for no good reason. The King's Speech as a movie is really ineptly made. What? No, it's scary. <laughs> it's, it's terrifying. There are weird Dutch <laughs> angles for some reason. Everything's filmed in like a medium to extreme close-up for no reason. Because it's really scary to give a speech. It's everything. It's a John, John, you didn't realize it was a horror movie the whole time. Oh, maybe Tom Hooper should make a superhero movie then. I think he did, and I think it's called Cats. So if we could get Tom Hooper to start tweeting, release the butthole cut. We uh, we just need to uh, to get it on this new streaming service, Butthole Max. Oh, no. I think that's called Only OnlyFans. Yes. No, that's Max Butthole. Please. Uh, please. Please. My father was Mr. Butthole. Call me Max Butthole. Oh, no. Wow, what an unlistenable episode now. Why? Just because of what we said in the last two minutes? Yeah. Mm. It's okay. We apologize. <laughs> Some of us do. It's parody. You can just keep saying it's parody as like a blanket defense of the podcast. Like maybe, yes, in certain legal matters, parody would cover us. But releasing bad content and then saying it's okay, it's parody. I don't think that's in good faith. Oh, well. And also, this isn't bad content. This is comedy gold. You're right. It is comedy gold. When in four years we release... Oh no, the, don't the, say the it. John cut of this episode. I'm just saying the the episode you guys are listening to right now was killed on the editing bay. Yeah, so absolutely much more slaughtered. We wanted to do there's so much more we wanted to do. There was way more buttholes in the original cut. <laughs> Stop it. Absolutely not. Um I will say that I'm now out of things to talk about unless you want to give me a minute to like start searching the things I've I've saved over the last couple of days. Uh, or I am, I am or, also out of things to talk about and we might almost be at time. Well, I, I feel like now's the time where an executive producer comes in and says that we got to we got to I'm sorry, we we're out of budget, we're out of money. We got to either we cut all of the buttholes out of this podcast or we stop filming now. Okay, hold on. Wait, I'm getting a call. Oh, okay. Oh, hello? 
Oh, yeah. I don't know why your number didn't... Okay. That's pretty rude. Huh. Well, okay. I mean, should we just... You realize this is a really difficult position to put me in. Well, now I have to tell Henry. Listen, is there is there anything I can do? I can fund the rest of the podcast. I'm good for it. Okay. That was our uh, executive. Oh, our executive. Yeah, that was one of our uh, one of our many executives. You know, in the C-suite. Oh wow, we got C-suite to 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 phone in. Is everything all right? Are we canceled? Uh, so there's good news and bad news. All right, uh, hit me with the bad news. Okay, so bad news is we either stop recording the podcast now, or if we keep going, we have to cut out all of the buttholes. Oh damn! What's the good news? Um, the good news is, yeah, there really wasn't a lot of good news. Oh, we have a distro in China now. Oh, good, I guess. That's interesting. Do we have to do anything special now that we're being distributed in China? Do we have to, like, censor ourselves? Well, he he said that we do have to cut out any of the people of color in the podcast, but so far (laughs) there haven't been any, so... Oh, uh, that... We dodged a bullet bullet there, but also, shame on us. Why did you mention that? Why why did you why did you volunteer that information? Look, I'm just telling you what the C-suite level executive said. All right. Well, you know, I like to stand if I may on the grounds of artistic integrity. And I think that the full story that we wanted to tell in this podcast episode lies within the buttholes of the episode and I feel like to cut those buttholes out would be a travesty a disservice not only to the fans but to to this great country of America where the founding fathers included within the bill of rights the freedom of speech and that includes buttholes so I think it would be un-American to cut them out I think we have no choice, John. We need to cut this episode short and instead of telling a, a full buttholeless picture, we get a shortened butthole filled picture that George Washington would weep at. I, I I'm a hundred percent with you, Henry. I don't want to sacrifice for money. When we could put out there something that we really care about artistically, I do have some additional bad news, though. The executive did say that we would have to, for the duration of the episode, uh, edit in a lot of references to OnlyFans that I made apropos of nothing. Wow. Is this, is this, are we being sponsored in any way by OnlyFans? Is this like we have to drum up like revenue for that site? Look, I don't understand what the what the thinking behind the C-suite executives are, uh, but I know up until this point in the episode, we of course haven't mentioned OnlyFans whatsoever. But we do have to go back and put in a lot of instances of us talking oh, about it. Man, all right. So I think after we wrap this up, I need to grab a couple of voice samples of you saying OnlyFans, so that I, I can stick that in the episode apropos or whoever edits this can stick that into the uh, the episode so that we meet that quota. 
I think that's fine. I can do some ADR. Yeah, some ADR, which we all know. We, we, we both understand what that means. Yep, we do. No need to describe it. So no I need. Think... Yeah, no need to describe that it means uh, alternative dog regime. <laughs> no, the Paw Patrol. <laughs> the Paw Patrol has come back. Uh, and also, um, and we'll talk about it later. They had an issue with the Paw Patrol. It's fine for right now, uh, but we uh, apparently need to re-examine that in the future. Uh, however, since whoever we hire to edit this episode uh, is going to be editing this episode, I guess it falls to me to do the social media. Uh, I mean, we could discuss who's editing. I, I feel like I did, I don't know, three weeks in a row. Oh, um, let's see. One, two, three. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to have this conversation now. I'm just saying maybe I could edit this episode or maybe someone else could. Who knows? Allison. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll have this conversation off mic. All right. Wait, how will we hear each other? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I guess uh, let's do uh, let's do a good old fashioned throw it to each other social media. Throw it to each other social media. Uh, go ahead and throw it to me first. And if you want to do some things, John's gonna tell you how. Yes, uh, you can reach us on Twitter. Uh, by going to at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. That stands for Zowie Cowie. That's right. <laughs> How'd you know? No. Okay, go. That's right, Henry. And do 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 email Henry. Oh, God, this is what we're doing? All right. Um, if you want to send us an email, a longer thing, longer than a Twitter or whatever, you can send us an email at email at zerocredits.net. And uh, tell them what they can find on that website. Do, 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 John. Uh, just really not a whole bunch of anything right now. Probably when this episode is up, it's still going to be a blank web page. And we are on Spotify, just like Joe Rogan. You can find us on Spotify by searching for zero credit, open parentheses, S, close parentheses, on Spotify.com in the podcast section of Spotify.com and do 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 Apple Podcast Henry. You can find us on Apple Podcast or wherever Apple Podcasts are displayed. Uh, just search for zero credits in any way. I think we pop up no matter how you spell it, as long as you spell it correctly. And all you got to do is you click on some stars, you leave a review, and that really helps us chart on the Apple podcast uh, kind of thing. And a new to very, very, very soon, Google is starting to invest in the podcast infrastructure. They're starting something called Google Podcast, and we're, we're going to work on getting on that too. Just in case you don't like Tim Cook, I guess. I don't know. We just want to be on everything. Uh, but, you know, there's something I think that's very important that I'm forgetting. So, do, 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 John. And as always, the most important 
highest priority thing you can do during these trying times is stay safe. Just kidding. It's let people know about the podcast because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So digitally, tell your friends, uh, tell everyone you know about the podcast while maintaining social distancing. Uh, hopefully you're not like going out on the weekend. A lot of states are opening back up. Uh, don't do that. Uh, so, you know, just get, get the word out. And even if the only way you can communicate with people is with your hot, wet, infectious breath, then wait until quarantine is over and then spread the word. But keep in mind, you've saved it up, so you need to tell, like, 90 people. And if you tell 90 people, then 180 people will learn from them. And then... And while John figures out this math problem, I'm just going to chime in here and say that everybody here at the Zero Credits Apartment Studios, I think it's three bathroom, four bedroom, a bunch of doors, studios, we ought to wish you a happy week. Bye. Goodbye. When you close your eyes, you'll see a zero credit there. I don't remember what the song was.